To demand perfection is to deny your ordinary and universal humanity, as though you would be better off without it. Yet this humanity is the ultimate source of your work. Your perfectionism denies you the very thing that you need to get your work done. The important point here is not that you have or don't have what others have, but rather that it doesn't matter. Whether they have something needed to do their work, it wouldn't help you in your work even if you had it. Their magic is theirs. You don't lack it, you just don't need it. That section was taken directly from the book Arts and Fear, Observations on the the Perils and Rewards of Art Making by David Bales and Ted Orland. I suppose a more light-hearted way of looking at it could be, I have CDO. It's like OCD, but the letters are in alphabetical order, like they should be. Hello folks, welcome to The Theseus Project, a podcast about men's mental health and self-discovery. I'm your editor and host, Michael Chard. And on today's topic, perfectionism. As usual, in this podcast, I will be referring to my own learned and lived experiences of perfectionism and its repercussions on my personal and my professional life. Whilst perfectionism isn't understood or thought to be a mental health disorder, aspects of perfectionism, such as the pressure, and that can be seen as societal, professional, and personal, and any expectations from others or yourself, can start to feed the roots of a potential mental health problem. But before we get underway, I really appreciate you spending your time listening to me on this podcast. You could be anywhere in the world, but you're here with me, and I thank you very, very much. Please consider that I'm recording these podcasts so other listeners can learn, and this is not just for men. Even though I focus on men's mental health, I want everyone to think of their own experiences whilst listening to my own. I receive messages from listeners all around the world, and I'm sorry to say that there are a great many others out there I've had far worse experiences happen to them. I'm hoping to talk with these people, and if they let me, um, I'll be able to bring these valuable lessons to you. I really would like you to listen, absorb, and understand that the Theseus Project aims to spread the message from a perspective of experience. I'm I'm hoping that this will provide you with some value, and if you're starting down the road of healing, know that I'm thinking of you. And I'm with you every step of the way. This process can be difficult, but we can do it together. I just need to ask you to do me one favor. Please help me spread the message. If you enjoyed this content, please let your friends know about us, as it'd be really helpful and it'll help me grow. Also, if you've not done it already, please feel free to subscribe to the podcast so you can grab any and all the upcoming episodes of The Thesis Project. And please feel free to leave me a five-star review. Again, that'll help us out and keep the algorithm happy. What is perfectionism? Well, people with perfectionism apply an extreme amount of pressure 
to hold themselves to impossibly high and almost unattainable standards. Sufferers believe that whatever they do is never good enough or live up to their lofty ideals. People often mistakenly believe that perfectionism is a healthy motivator, but that's quite simply not true. Perfectionism can make you feel unhappy with your life. Perfectionism can affect all people from all ages and all walks of life. Society's expectations combined with pressures from educational institutions drive children and young adults to be overachievers in their educational careers and not just schoolwork. This pressure bleeds into other activities such as music, arts, sports, out of school clubs. And this pressure can lead and build into an obsession with success and achievement. Ultimately, this pressure can interfere with the ability to even achieve the success, therefore driving a wedge into that person's identity which would stick with them for the rest of their lives. As you can see from the previous example, perfectionism is thought to be a learned behavior. People who develop this mindset believe that they are only of value because of what they can provide or do for other people. So while striving for perfection can be seen as a desirable character trait, for an employee or like a job interview, more and more studies are showing that perfectionism harms mental health. Increasingly, young adults are holding unrealistic expectations on what they should own, who they should be and how they should look and what they should need to achieve. And all of this is linked to higher rates of anxiety and depression. A recent study from 2019 from Penn University has shown that social media is now feeding negative mental health conditions such as perfectionism or perfectionist syndrome. Just think about how we all now exist in an extremely interconnected world where any achievement, big or small, any adventure, any event is recorded and put on display for anyone such as families and friends, work colleagues, neighbors, and quite often complete strangers to experience. Scrolling through any feed, I mean, at this point, pick your poison. It could be Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, or even new ones like Snapchat or TikTok, and you'd be subjected to an assault on the senses. Round after round of posed pictures, holiday snaps, videos, photoshopped images of perfect bodies, amazing cars, homes, money, success, and other people's amazing lives all play a part in the encouraging comparison with what you have versus what you're seeing on your expensive smartphone. Remember, social media expression is biased. The very people who post about their flaws. Perfectionism can make everything you do or want to do seem like an insurmountable task. Take some time to consider, do you ever find yourself looking at the achievements of others and thinking, how did they do that? I can't possibly do that as well. How am I going to write a book, paint a picture? How am I going to create some music? I can't possibly run a marathon. 
They can run a marathon and I can't even run around the corner, so I won't even start. How am I going to enjoy this relationship? That person's been married 30 years, I'll never have a relationship as good as that. Have you ever looked at people cooking fancy meals on TV and gone, oh, I wish I could do this, and then you think, oh, I won't bother opening up a frying pan, learning how to cook, because I'll never be as good as that. Or holding a party. You ever compare the last party you went to with one that you might do and go, well, my party will never be as good as so-and-so's. And same with studying qualifications. Oh, I'm, I'm not smart, so I won't even try. And that's something I fell fall victim to personally. Now, a desire to achieve is healthy, and in today's society, it is expected. But the drive to be perfect, or to live up to others' expectations, can start to produce problems. Think, have you ever felt the following? You felt like you're feeling like a failure at anything and everything you've ever done or completed. Nervous or almost restless at the thought about even starting a task. Controlling the thoughts and habits in personal or professional relationships or situations. Are you obsessed with rules and framework and lists, such as to-do lists, which is my biggie, and your work or your job? Have you ever put off tasks with the fear that you'll be unable to complete them, or that if you do the task, it won't leave up, live up to your expectations? As you can see, this focus on perfectionism can be destructive. More than a mental health risk factor, it can also be a physical one as well. In the opening of this podcast, I quoted from a book, and to expand on that further, we should consider that simply perfection doesn't exist. Perfectionists are striving for a standard that is almost unobtainable and which inherently sets people up for failure. And if that's if that failure is perceived or personal or otherwise, failure and the lessons learned are extremely important to your own personal and professional development. Making mistakes and the opportunities to grow from those mistakes need to be embraced. Remember each step, remember each misstep. And what was the result? And what did you learn? And how would that help you grow? So, what are the traits of perfectionism? There's a good chance that most people to a certain degree have some form of perfectionism or perfectionist behaviors or traits. I know I used to pride myself in having an element of it in my personality, and that was most likely down to the positive side of saying out loud in, in interviews that, yes, I'm a perfectionist. However, now I'm a lot older, I understand what that means, and perfectionism has more negative than positive attributes. So what should you look out for? The, the following are a list of common traits of perfectionists and see if these can apply to you. And a lot of these I've found um, through doing some research. A few that I've thought of myself and some of them I thought, oh, that's really useful. So have a think when I read through these and tell me, you know, feedback to me what you consider and if, the, if the, any of these traits resonate with you. 
So number one, all or nothing thinking. Perfectionists set extremely high goals and dedicate their energy to work hard towards them with a purpose. However, someone who's a high achiever can be satisfied with just doing a great job and achieving the relevant excellence. I mean, even if their goals aren't completely achieved, perfectionists will accept nothing less than pure perfection. Remember that perfectionists see almost perfect as failure, when a high achiever will be happy with some or most of their objectives completed. Highly critical people, or highly critical thinkers. So perfectionists are savagely critical of themselves and others around them. Whilst high achievers relish in their accomplishments, perfectionists tend to spot each and every mistake or even slight imperfections. They hone in on these imperfections and have trouble seeing the wood for the trees. Failure will ensure that they are also more judgmental and critical of themselves and of others. Procrastination. Odd, isn't it, that perfectionists would suffer from procrastination in relation to tasks, as that is kind of detrimental to everything that they stand for. But the perfectionism and procrastination do tend to go together because fearing failure as deeply as perfectionists do, they will sometimes worry so much about doing something and getting any area of it imperfect that they become immobilized with fear and won't even start the task in the first place. Which brings us to the next one. Point four, fear of failure. Perfectionists are also much more afraid to fail than other people because they place so much value in the achievement and results and become deeply disappointed by anything less than perfection. Failure becomes a daunting and terrifying prospect since anything else is seen as failure. Number five, defensiveness. Because an imperfect performance is scary, uh, we tend to take constructive criticism defensively when others can see criticism as constructive and valuable and beneficial to their future performance. And number six, low self-esteem. Perfectionists tend to be extremely critical and therefore unhappy and suffer from poor or low self-esteem. They can be lonely, introverted and isolated as their critical nature and rigidity can push others away. This spiral of events can lead to further damaging what is already a low self-esteem. So when considering my own experiences of perfectionism, it only impacted me when I started my professional working life. If you'd listened to my previous podcast, you may remember that I come from a broken home, um, was often abused and bullied and neglected by my parents and left to fend for myself. So the pressure at performing at school didn't really register with me. And now looking back uh, with the hindsight, which is always 2020 in my head, I just did not have the mental capacity to take on board additional pressure on top of pressure of studying exams. I remember my friends studying for their GCSEs and their A-levels and then when they moved into university I just didn't relate to any of it. All I wanted to be was loved and valued and to some extent not forgotten about. So 
I attended careers counselling and held interviews with so-called adults of the time um, about what I wanted to be when I grew up. I still didn't get it or even understand that to get X you needed to do A, B and C. When I finally got into the workplace, I was exposed to significantly unrealistic expectations. I'm not talking about my first job working in a restaurant or a takeaway or anything like that. I'm talking about office environment. It was here that my habit of perfectionism became established. That habit drove its stake into my very being. And whenever I was asked to complete any task of any complexity, it just seemed to come to the forefront. So in my early adult life, I struggled to understand office politics. And this led to upsetting what seemed to be an ever-growing number of peers. And these peers consisted of co-workers, managers, bosses, direct line managers, and even sometimes customers and clients. So understanding the structure of the why and the how was important to me about the job and doing a particular task. And by challenging the reasons why we were doing it, that led to, again, like I said, the office politics. And I, time and time again, it was the meeting after meeting where someone didn't like what I had did or said or done. And I was given little to no training, explanation or guidance. And at the end of it all, it was all stick, no carrot. For example, if you couldn't get your work done in the time allowed, tough, you stayed on. If something had failed in the chain of events leading to you getting the resources that you need to achieve your task, tough, you stayed on. If you didn't get the information you needed and you were just about to go home and it needed to be ready for the next day, it didn't matter, you stayed on. Unpaid, I might add. It was expected of you. If a client gave you incorrect information, but you failed to spot it for whatever reason, tough, it's your fault. The information was there. This constant expectation and grind ensured that I developed a perfectionist mindset, along with several other unwanted aspects, such as overthinking, overanalyzing, and people-pleasing. I began to double and triple check every aspect of my work. Everything was subject to scrutiny. Communications, emails, conversations, before, during, and after, I might add. Marketing briefs, paperwork and documentation, client reports. I burnt through my youthful energy trying to achieve perfection in a system and an environment which was already flawed and to some degree quite toxic where processes didn't exist and if you had uh, ideas in order to, for them to be developed to change, resistance to change outside of the accepted norm was difficult to circumnavigate but you were still expected to perform. So I learned that I needed to be perfect. My soul was driven by the understanding that everything I did was to be value to the business at hand outside of the business. I had no value. Mistakes cost money, but worse than that, they cost reputation, both personal and professional. 
I needed to be the best. After years of grafting, I came to the understanding that even though I had achieved a high level of respect, there was people with more charisma and flair, with less experience, that moved a lot faster within the workplace. And charisma wasn't something I possessed. So I licked my wounds and decided on career change. Perfectionism in the workplace pushed me into a deep, dark place as it fed my anxiety and depression and overthinking. So as a combination, I was spiraling around the plug hole of a mental breakdown. For example, I couldn't get the job I wanted as someone with less experience with more charisma had secured it. I must have been really bad in my role then. Why wouldn't they want me to do this? Am I not valued? Did I not work harder or better or more efficiently than the person that got the role? Did I not perform? You know, is this reflected on my pay? And so on and so on and so on. So in coming to terms with my issues related to perfection, I discovered that through therapy and a lot of internet research, the following self-awareness techniques were of great help and of use to me. So try them out, see if they work for you. So number one, acknowledgement. As with anything, admitting and accepting that you have a problem is a start. All growth and change begins here. So open yourself up, accept it, admit it, and realize you need help. Number two, what does your perfectionism feed? Why do you do what you do? Why do you want these massively high standards? What's it all for? I was scared of not being accepted and therefore people pleasing and overthinking was being fed by my perfectionism. What about you? Number three, what is the worst case scenario that you are trying to avoid? Establishing a prevention, mind, a prevention mindset is not the best way to achieve anything. Think about what the worst case scenario is. Does it really need that level of scrutiny? Is almost there good enough? Number four, what standard are you looking to achieve? and adjust your own standards. Your version of perfect is going to be different than somebody else's. Check what it is that you're doing isn't going to be a waste of time. Don't do the thinking for somebody else. Let them inform you of what they're expecting so you can be more effective and therefore productive. Once you understand the limits of their expectations, there's no harm in pushing beyond that. Just make sure that your effort is in the right place. Number five, avoid defeatist self-talk. Challenge your inner critic. Apply positive self-talk where necessary and avoid the voice in your head that just says, just a few more minutes. Turn the volume down on that negative voice. Number six, experiment and expose yourself. You need to test what works for you. Practice working within different situations and practice what is good enough. Perfectionism is a habit and working hard and bringing value is important. You just need to remember where the limits are and what is good enough. Number seven, I like this one. Practice saying no. Now, no is an extremely powerful word. In my experience uh, within the professional workplace, no is 
more effective and sometimes more offensive than a swear word. We struggle to use this word in everyday life as well as being in the workplace. Stop taking on more tasks that aren't connected to your goals or your growth or your professional development. Learn to say no. Number eight, schedule breaks. Another one I find I got massive value from this. As a perfectionist, I never took breaks. Like Gordon Gecko, I thought lunches for wimps. And it took a long time to me to work out that having a break is very valuable in delivering and producing excellent output. I found as I've got older that when I take a break, take a break from the laptop, go for a walk, get some sunlight, go for a drink, change anything, my even just my surroundings, just a 10 minute or 15 minute break, or even a full lunch break of 30 minutes, my output is so is so far improved. And finally, number nine, multitasking is a myth. Stop trying to do several things at the same time. Not only does it waste your energy, but it decreases your efficiency and it disrupts your memory. On top of that, it will increase your stress levels and you already have a lot of stress. So there we go. That's my experience with perfectionism and that brings us to the end of today's podcast. I hope you found something useful in there and that you can take away several items to think about. Uh, what has your experience been with perfectionism? How did you get on with it? Do you still continue to fight those feelings and perfectionist impulses? Those experiences have great values to others and I'd love to know if you would like to talk about it and it'd be awesome to hear from you. Just find us on Instagram, slide into the DMs or drop me a voice message on the Anchor podcast platform and let's get talking. Finally, a quick disclaimer. The Thesis Project and myself are not professionals. If you have a serious mental health crisis and need urgent assistance, please, please, please seek assistance from the emergency services. If you are in the UK, you can now self-refer to the NHS Talking Therapies online. Just a quick search and you've taken the first step. Full disclaimer, like I've said several times in the past, I've done this and I found it to be very, very helpful. Remember, there's no shame and it's completely fine to ask for help. It is okay to not be okay. Feel free to drop us a line and contact us at The Thesis Project on Instagram, either by comments or sliding to the DMs with your thoughts on this and any other of our podcasts. Again, thank you very much for taking the time to listen to this podcast. Don't forget to like and subscribe or leave a five-star review if you've enjoyed it. I look forward to exploring more mental health topics with you again very soon. Take care. Bye-bye.